Hey everybody, this is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast where I have a drink with someone interesting. Today I'm virtually having a cup of coffee with my guest, the Deputy Mayor of Encinitas, Kelly Shea Hinsey, who just announced her candidacy for City Council. We talk about her political aspirations, why bike lanes get everyone all riled up, and how to inspire young people, young women in particular, to get interested in politics. This is a virtual coffee, so you might hear some birds chirping in the background, and I'm pretty sure that late in the episode, Carlsbad's finest firefighters will do a quick drive-by. But first, some sponsor information. The Coast News has been a leading voice in North County for 33 years. They continue to passionately cover the stories of our communities, of local economy, sports, culture, and politics, and of course, the ongoing impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you'd like to support their reporting efforts, please go to thecoastnews.com, and if you're able, click the donate button on the upper left. If you're looking for something to read, check out my new book called Eli and Jane. It's a fiction novella about two people who cross paths while traveling across the country. After they accidentally find each other in the desert, they begin to realize that they are not alone, that things can change, and that they need to decide if their pasts really matter when it comes to their future. Eli and Jane is a modern road trip novella about that time in your life when you begin to question all the decisions you've ever made and the universe steps in to help you reset, re-envision the future, and move forward in the right direction. Personalized copies are available now on onewildlifeco.com or search for Eli and Jane on Amazon to get a paperback or ebook. Look for links in the show notes. And now it's time for the show. Good morning. Hey, Ryan. Can you hear me? Cheers. (laughs) Good to see you. I can hear you perfectly. Nice to meet you. Well, uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, It's pretty easy. We just kind of hang out and have coffee. Cool. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. But I do have a question for you. Uh, I'm going to ask you three questions in a row right away, and you can just answer them as you see fit. What do I call you? Are you Deputy Mayor Shay Hinsey? Do I call you Candidate? Do I call you Kelly? What do I call you? Well, you can call me Kelly, um, but my title is Deputy Mayor, and um, my first name is actually Kelly Shay, and then my last name's Hinsey. Got so it. a lot of people think it's Jay Hinsey, but actually it's just Hinsey. Okay, got it. And then what does a deputy mayor do and what kind of coffee are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking coffee from Ironsmith, downtown Encinitas, one of my favorite little coffee shops. And um, we bought like a small child size bag of beans when mm-hmm. the um, stay at home order started. So yeah, I'm drinking Ironsmith coffee in a cup from the Wheel Pottery, which they have their studio in Lucadia on Vulcan. So um, I try to do everything locally. And then the deputy mayor is um, essentially the vice mayor. And so should the mayor ever um, be out of town or unable to um, execute the duties of a mayor, then I would do those things. Okay. Run the meetings, sign the letters, sign the proclamations, all those kind of things. I think it's interesting that I, I follow politics and I really enjoy national politics, but I feel very unintelligent about local politics sometimes. And I think a lot of people are that way. So I didn't know deputy mayor was a thing until I started talking to you. You just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Um, Thank you. And you did something kind of cool on your birthday, which is you announced your candidacy for city council, like actually running for candidacy. And you mentioned in your announcement that it was a tough decision kind of based on our current climate. I was wondering if you could kind of tell me about that and what made it tough and why you decided to do what you did? So um, I don't ever go into any decision lightly. And I think that that's um, part of who I am is that I'm a pretty deep thinker and I really ruminate for a long time before taking action. 
considering all perspectives. And so the reason I'm on city council now is because I was appointed to that seat and I was fulfilling the rest of a term of a previous council member who was elected to higher office. So the appointment was a commitment. I had to give up my previous job, but it entailed um, pretty much just showing up one night, talking about myself, and then the council voted to appoint me. So running a campaign is a whole other beast and um, really takes a lot of pre-planning, raising money, you know, creating my platform and what I'm all about. And um, I had been considering running for a long time, but then COVID hit and I really had to assess, am I the right person for this seat in the future? Am I the right person for Encinitas as we navigate this crisis and the economic crisis that's to follow? And um, it really has been a trying time, I think, for everybody, uh, especially, those, especially those who are in public service right now, because there's a lot of panic and there's a lot of blame. And so with all of the very serious decisions that we have to make, there's also a whole lot of criticism and a whole lot of um, scrutiny. And so I had to kind of fortify myself and really go deep and think about my life and where I'm headed and if this is the right thing for me and the right thing for the community. And I decided that I think that I am the right person and uh, kind of compared myself to the other candidates who have thrown their names into the hat and realized that the values I have for Encinitas um, as a candidate are unique to me in the race that I will be in and that it's important to me to keep um, working towards those goals. You just kind of alluded to that we're in a time where people are are panicked and maybe fearful and there's blame and nobody knows really what's happening next. As a, a person in local politics, how do you even begin to manage that fear and that demand and also know that like we have serious economic questions, but also serious health questions and the right answer for either one isn't necessarily the same thing? Yeah, that's a really thought provoking question. How do I manage it? Well, I rely heavily on um, my mental health provider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, um, I really look to others. I look to experts to help me make decisions. So I don't promise to anybody. I have a little bird's nest above me. So if you <laughs> pick up that, yeah, that's all right. But I don't, I don't claim to have all the solutions and I don't claim to have all the answers, but I do know how to listen. And I do know how to look to those who might have the answers to help us make the decisions um, in the moment for, with the information that they have. Yeah. It's uh I don't mind the birds at all. I love birds. We have hummingbirds outside the window right now too. So that's great. Uh, and just cause I want to do it, I'm going to pour myself some more coffee and I'm drinking Zumbar, which I ordered like a two pound bag of beans uh, a while back and I'm still working through it. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Zumbar, Zumbar is so good. Such high quality coffee. I yeah. love walking on the rail trail and then the treat at the end is a Zumbar, Zumbar. coffee. Uh, I do the same thing and I bike down from Carlsbad and that's like my destination spot. And Ironsmith was one of someone, one of the first local restaurants that I saw that really seemed to have a plan for how they were going to handle, you know, the day to day of COVID from the first day. And were very open about what they were doing with their customers. And that was something that I thought was inspiring and also confidence boosting. Like I would feel comfortable going there because I know they're doing, you know, everything they can. Definitely. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a skill that they have there that I admire. And I actually try to emulate is that they communicate with their customers so far in advance. Like there's going to be a marathon on this day. Highway 101's closed. Here's where you can park or, you know, ride your bike or, and they just, 
they, they kind of anticipate the questions their customers will have in advance. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bikes, what's the deal with everyone's uh, excitement about the bike paths in Encinitas on the 101? Uh, it seems like everybody's got an opinion and no one can agree. Excitement. And as a bike person, I'm like, oh, more bike paths? That sounds great, but I haven't actually been down there yet. Yeah, so um, the, the bike path in Cardiff, is that the one that you're yes. referring to? Yep. The South Coast Highway 101 um, bike improvements, they that generated a lot of discussion. So the, the overarching goal that we have is mode shift. And that's come to council's attention because we have so many folks who are asking to be able to have the choice to opt out of car travel. So they want to be able to make a safe choice to be able to commute by bike. 80% of trips are made within five miles of the home. And so there are folks who want to swap those trips out for bike trips. So how do we do that? We have to do that by increasing the safety and the perception of safety. So there's so much evidence to show that if you can create protected bike lanes or off-street bike lanes, that you will increase your ridership, decrease the injury and death. Um, and so what you have on either side of those bike improvement um, rail trail, so you've got it in Solana Beach and you've got it in Cardiff, but that section of um, South Coast Highway 101 was missing. And so that would deter folks from hopping on their bike to go to the fair, hopping on their bike to go to a beach in Del Mar um, or the reverse. And so it was important to council to finish that gap so that we actually had the continuity between both communities. We have so many um, sports cyclists who heavily utilize Highway 101 as a recreational corridor. And that to, to those users, that stretch was perfect the way that it was. And so there was some, some, some ire provoked by making a change there. Now, the project took a while, actually, to, to be complete. And I think there's still some final touches that need to be made. But in the meantime, before it was done, there was sort of this confusion about, you know, how to use it. Where is the directional signage? How do we direct the different sort of cyclists that we have to be in the lane that's best for them? So um, I've written it throughout the whole construction process. And I think finally, it's clear, you know, if you're going slow, you're a family, um, you're not somebody who's looking for speed, you're going to be in that protected lane. And if you're a sports cyclist, you're going to probably use the share the way that you would through the rest of um, Encinitas. Sure. Nothing changes. Hey, everyone. We'll be right back with Deputy Mayor Hinsey. But first, now back to the show. What do you do besides politics? I mean... I know you mentioned something called Threadspun, which is a business, I think, in Lucadia, but I didn't. I, I try not to know anything about anyone I talk to before I talk to them, so I can <laughs> get real excited about everything you're saying. <laughs> no. Well, um, yes, so I also am an employee of a locally owned small business called Threadspun. I love this business. I've loved it since before I was an employee. And my boss started this business as a way to sort of feature products that were all made by women and give work to women who might not um, be set up for working. So uh, working in the United States, I should say. So the owner, her name is Heidi Ledger. She worked um, in the world of refugee resettlement, and she had quite a lot of um, clients who were women who came to the U.S. highly skilled, but due to language barriers or transportation barriers, had a really hard time finding work outside of their home. And so Heidi came up with this idea to hire them to create custom surfboard bags out of pieces of material that were also made by women artisans or artisans from all over the world. And so the idea of, you know, thread spun together is you're, you're knitting these communities from all over the world to create products 
that in turn give livelihood. So Threadsplen is a um, tiny little shop highway, on Highway 101 and really doing big things. And I'm so, like, I'm not working there right now due to the um, crisis, but I'm so connected to that effort. Very cool. I have a, a very personal question to kind of ask you. I have, I have two incredible teenage goddaughters. How do we get them excited about politics, both as young people and also women, which I think has been, they're very smart and one, they're very opposites. One is very much like candy and boys and the other one's very much like books and studying. But how do you, how do you create a message to, to encourage them as they grow up to look into things like what you're doing now? That's such a wonderful question. <laughs> Thank you for asking that question. It's hard. I mean, being a teenager of any gender is really difficult. I think especially being somebody who identifies as a woman is difficult because there are so many demands on you that aren't always about your mind or about your future or about your passions. And I think, I think just encouraging girls to take risks, encouraging girls to be able to fail and to say, you know, you tried. There's so much, I think, in our culture is trying to get women to be the good girl. And um, I don't know that boys have that same kind of pressure on them. So I'd I say that boys might even be encouraged to be more rambunctious, truthfully, knowing how I grew up. But that's just yeah. a personal assumption. I don't really know. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I feel that there were so many efforts to protect me when I was growing up. And, I, and I've been grateful. But when I got to college, I realized like, oh my God, there's this huge big world out there and I want to get, get out there. And so um, I traveled, I traveled alone a lot. And I think that having parents that were like, yeah, you can do it. Go, you know, buy a plane ticket and go see what, where the world takes you. That was really empowering for me. So the second part of the question, getting women into politics is it's, it's a challenge because you, you don't always have those examples in your life that are readily available. And I think the last presidential election really changed that because all of a sudden you had a whole array of different women, different leadership styles to look at and say, well, I identify with that and I don't identify with that. So, I mean, just personally here in North County, we have so many women in politics who are actively looking to mentor younger women. So if your um, daughters want to talk to me, I would love to talk to them. Um, it's a favor that um, other women further along this path in my own life have have reached out to me and said, you know, I see some leadership qualities in you and I think you should really take this risk or put yourself out there and here are some resources to help you make that decision. So it is very difficult. You are exposed to more criticism and more scrutiny. And I think that, that that's a difficult part of the job. But when you're looking for the resources, you will find them. They're out there. And there are so many women who are looking to really see somebody in that position and get them to the next step. Oh, that's very cool. If people want to learn more about what you're doing, more about your platforms, where can they go? How can they support you? You know, what's the next step for you as you're going towards election day? <laughs> Thank you for asking that question, too. <laughs> um, so my website is live. I'm really proud of it. I've hired all women um, vendors to work on my campaign. So my website is beautiful, and it was done by a friend of mine actually from high school at San Diego. She did our um, award-winning yearbook from our senior year of high school. And I said, do you have websites? And so she created my website. So it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E, for, F-O-R, Encinitas.com. 
And that's sort of the portal. You'll be able to follow me on social media. You'll be able to give me a phone call, leave a phone number there, or um, just join the campaign. Very cool. Uh, Contribute. You can help me out by sending a donation my way or just uh, helping me by being a volunteer. Awesome. I don't know if you could hear that on my end, but one of the things with the pandemic and recording from home is I have fire trucks, the Carlsbad fire stations down the street. And so I'm like listening to you, but I'm also going, I wonder how much she can hear of like. The, <laughs> I did happened. hear a little bit of that. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about today? Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners or the coast news or. Let's see. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. That's. Um, you keep you know, thanking always- me. It makes me feel good this morning. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Well, I just so appreciate you reaching out and giving me this opportunity to speak about my beliefs because it's good practice. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that the streetscape is going to be another um, topic of of um, conversation going forward in this upcoming election. I think people are really frightened about the, the price tag that this infrastructure update, update costs. And um, I just want folks to know that we're really considering the new financial picture as we go into it. And we're not going to be making any, you know, drastic decisions. I think there are folks who are still very concerned about what one lane means for Encinitas and, or for Lucadia. And I would just say that while this specific piece of infrastructure has provoked a lot of scrutiny, the goals of the community are very united. They're very united in the goal that we want to remove cut through traffic from the community. We want to keep it on the five. And that we want this highway to be transformed into something that feels more like a main street that's a lot more walkable and bikeable and welcoming and beautiful, in fact. So um, I always love to engage with folks if they still have concerns about that project and any other thing in Encinitas. So uh, I just want to be approachable and available and um, definitely here to work through some of the concerns that folks have about their city and how we fit into the bigger picture. Well, Kelly, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning and having a coffee with me, and cheers. I enjoyed it. Cheers. I hope that our paths cross again soon. I'm sure they will. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Wow, a big thank you to Deputy Mayor Hinsey for joining the show. You can find out more about her political platforms and how to support her election campaign at kellyforencinitas.com. The show was recorded, produced, and edited by me, Ryan Wolt. And I think it's very apparent that I still have almost no idea what I'm doing. But I hope you keep listening, because the guests have been great, will be great, and I'll keep getting better at this. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone. If you want to support this podcast, please give it a follow wherever you're listening, and check out at Cheers North County on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.